welcome to Total Teen Health and Wellness, the podcast for parents of teenagers to learn more about how medical and mental health issues are affecting their teen children. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, and I'm an adolescent medicine physician, providing essential education and helpful guidance to parents of teens and young adults. This podcast encourages parents to empower their teen children to live healthy and balanced lives. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Shauna Garza, your host of Total Teen Health and Wellness. I'm happy to be back and am excited to really start producing these podcasts every two weeks. So please subscribe to catch more upcoming rep episodes. My goal with this podcast is to provide helpful information, education and guidance to parents of teens and young adults. And so I look forward to connecting with you and to the future of the podcast. Today for episode 13, we're going to talk about why an annual wellness exam is important for your teen. Many times patients kind of fall off during those teen years because their vaccinations are up to date, they're not really needing any forms for school signed, and often we won't see patients for a few years. But we recommend in our practice that teens and young adults have an annual wellness preventive exam. There are a lot of things that we go over in that exam, and so I want to kind of just detail that today so you're aware of what the value is and why it is important to schedule that and to search out a doctor that can offer that to you um, and your child. So preventive care is really a central part of primary care in medicine. Preventive care means that we are talking to patients, we're screening them, we're checking patients, and really trying to talk to them about what kind of healthy things they can do to keep themselves well, to prevent illness, and also screening patients for illness so that we're able to catch things before they've advanced and before they've caused complications. And so preventive care really goes across all ages. Of course, many adults know about getting their cholesterol checked or having their blood pressure checked, but these things are just as important in teens and young adults. So one thing that's very important that you've probably seen and heard of at the pediatric office is assessing a patient's growth. We're checking their height, we're checking their weight, and we are looking at how that's changed over time. Everybody's heard of the growth curve many times. That'll be printed out where it'll tell you what percentile your child is for height and weight. And we see how that tracks as they grow. What we want to see is that their height and weight follow the same growth curve. So for example, if someone at age 10 or 12 is at the 60th percentile for their weight and maybe the 40th percentile for their height, we expect that to be the same when they're 16 and 17 years old. When patients fall off of a growth curve, meaning that their height kind of stalls out 
or they have a loss of weight where their weight is not tracking appropriately for their age. Those are things we need to look at medically. We want to know why is someone not following the same growth curve? Is there something medically going on? There are things like celiac disease that we screen for, inflammatory bowel disease, other GI absorption issues, also eating disorders. That's a big part of my practice. And for many patients, the parents may not be aware because the changes have been subtle over time, but we will see patients falling off their growth curve where their weight is then at a much lower percentile than they've been in the past, and that can be a sign of uh, an an eating disorder. So growth is important. And when we see patients transferring to us from another practice, I often want to see their old growth curves so I can make that assessment and compare. Comparison. You know, when I see a 15 year old, I really want to see what path they've been on for their growth. When we're checking patients in, we always do their vital signs, of course. And one of the important things that we're looking at in screening patients for in the teen years is high blood pressure. We do find high blood pressure in young people, and usually the cause of it is slightly different than in adults, but it is important for us to note when it's elevated or even slightly elevated what may be called pre-hypertension or pre-high blood pressure because those patients need to be screened regularly, checked regularly, and some of them may need referrals to specialists such as a cardiologist or a nephrologist who's a kidney doctor, and then they also may need medication. We also are checking vision as part of that initial assessment with the medical assistant when patients are checked in. And vision, of course, you know, many patients are not getting a yearly formal eye exam with an optometrist or ophthalmologist. And so screening for vision just by reading the letters on the chart is an initial way of seeing does a patient need more evaluation. Then, of course, we do a physical exam. There's things we're looking for. We're just making sure everything's in normal range and really kind of a head-to-toe exam. That's looking at you know everything in the ear, nose, and throat, eyes, heart, lungs, belly, even checking you know kind of external genitalia, um, pulses, skin, joints, really just a full-body exam to see if we find anything abnormal. We always review vaccinations. Vaccinations are a very important part of preventive care. And of course, there are vaccines that are required for school. We want patients to get those on time. But there's also a lot of recommended vaccines that we want patients to get on time. And so we're looking at their prior vaccine record and if there are any gaps or things that need to be caught up on. We work through that with the family and making sure that patients are up to date on all of the recommended vaccines for their age. We often will do screening labs, and lab work is urine and blood work, and that is something that we don't do every year, and we don't do on all patients, but really by age 15 or so, I am recommending baseline labs, and that includes checking a blood count, checking a kidney and liver function, checking a glucose, cholesterol, thyroid function, and also we add on some vitamins that are affected, which could be vitamin D, B12, and iron levels. So those are things that we discuss with families and walk through that process of why we do it, but it's a good idea to have baseline labs to kind of know where we're at that age. 
Now we move on to guidance that's given in a preventive visit and a wellness exam. We discuss health habits. I think that health habits are very important to obviously the patient's well-being and how they feel. And so the way I frame it is asking patients about health habits that they do kind of day to day that affect their health. First off is sleep. You can go back and listen to prior episodes of the podcast specifically on sleep and self-care, but sleep is so important for physical development, brain development, and mental health. And so we ask about sleep habits, issues with sleep, and really brainstorming ways with patients for them to get more sleep. Most of my patients are not sleeping enough, and the average teen needs nine hours of sleep. And so looking at how to help them get to that goal so that they feel better. The other health habit we talk about is nutrition. The main principle in nutrition is eating often enough. The body and brain need frequent fueling and nourishment. And so typically we want patients to be eating every three hours during the day. And that would be with three meals and two snacks typically. So when patients are skipping meals or trying to go the whole school day without eating, that affects their physical body function and also affects their mental health. The other thing we do talk about with nutrition is fruits and vegetables and really discussing the goals of eating a minimum of five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables per day, which is a lot. So we kind of get creative in how patients may reach that goal. I also ask about calcium intake, especially in girls. And so, you know, dairy is a common source of calcium, but there are also other options. And so talking through that with patients and seeing if they're getting enough or if they're not able to to recommend a calcium supplement, it is recommended to get four servings of calcium per day. And each serving would be like an eight ounce cup of milk, but that is hard to get every day. So that's something we review. Another health habit that many of my patients are kind of missing day to day is exercise. I have both ends of the spectrum with activity. I have patients that I see who are athletes that do a lot of training and conditioning. And sometimes I even worry about them overtraining because of the number of hours per week they're spending in their sport. And on the other side, I have patients that really are not getting any physical activity because the hobbies they have and activities they're involved in are not active uh, physically. So we get creative and I'd ask patients, what would you like to do if you were going to start exercising? What kinds of activities are you interested in? And really focusing on exercise, not as a chore or something that they are going to dread, but something they might actually enjoy. And we talk through, you know, things they might do with a friend or with a sibling or mom or even just walking the dog every day. There's just ways to add in physical activity that can be fun and social and a positive outlet for them. We also talk through risky behaviors. So I ask very direct questions of my teens and young adults. And this is typically when I ask parents to leave the room kind of at the second half of the visit. 
And I tell them, you know, this is confidential time, but I also want them to know that if anything is affecting their safety or they have a risk for safety issues, then I do want to get parents connected and aware of what's going on. But most of that time, I really am providing guidance and education around risky choices and trying to give them some guidance on how to make healthy choices for themselves. So that relates in really young years in middle school and and beyond to substance use. So I talk very directly about the risk of vaping. I ask them about drinking, marijuana, other drugs, and talk to them about the direct consequences that can happen with each of those things. I also talk to them about how important their friends are when it comes to substances, because friends have real influence on teens' lives. And if they are with friends that are taking these risks and making these choices, it's very hard for them to be the only one to say no. And that's really how peer pressure works. It's not their friend saying, hey, try this, try this. It's more that they are around these substances. They uh, have easy access. The use gets kind of normalized and they think maybe it's not that big of a deal if I try this. And so it's very important for them to find friends that are avoiding substances, making really healthy choices around that, and help support them on that path where they can connect and have fun and do other things that don't involve drinking and marijuana and all of that, especially in high school and college. So I talk real directly about that. And that's an important part of a wellness exam that I want to review on a regular basis with my teens and young adults. I also talk to them about healthy sexuality. Some of my later teens and young adults are having sex in relationships, and so I want to ask them about the choices they're making regarding their sexuality as far as safe sex, their number of partners, how they could um, think about waiting to start having sex, and also questioning them and making sure they've really thought through if they're ready to be having sex. We have a whole approach in our office that is really you know, wanting patients to think about, are they ready to deal with all of the consequences that come from having sex? And so I ask questions, you know, are you going to take birth control? Are you going to get tested for STDs? Are you going to use protection? Are you going to be able to deal with anything that may come up with as far as infection or taking a pregnancy test or getting care? And if patients can't talk about those things or aren't ready to think about those things, then they're probably not ready to have sex. And as I talk through this, I think I'll probably do an additional podcast specifically around this because there's a lot to talk about with it. But that is something that we ask real direct questions about and hope to guide patients through. Another part of making healthy choices is I talk to patients about their life on social media. I ask questions about, 
social media use, the time they spend, and also kind of what role it plays in their life. But I also ask a question about their mental health is, does social media ever make you sad, mad, worried, anxious? Uh, Does it ever bring you down? And some patients will say, yeah, sometimes it does, and I have to take a break. Or no, it's just kind of fun keeping up with friends. And then others have told me that they know it's not good for them, and they've actually deleted the app, so they just don't feel like it's something they want to do. And so, you know, it's good to really review that. And then, you know, talking about just their safety on social media, and then, you know, just avoiding risk as far as things that could get them in trouble, really, on social media. Leading from there, I screen patients for mental health issues. So we know that mental health issues in teens are such an important topic right now, and the concern is increasing. We're seeing more and more teens dealing with depression and anxiety. And so the well visit is a time for me to screen for that and, and really know what's going on for my patient. And asking them again about them feeling down or hopeless or feeling anxious and worried, those types of things. And then we talk about healthy coping skills. So I give a lot of guidance around that with my mental health visits and also in my well visits when I'm seeing patients is how can they cope with how they're feeling? We talk about the role of therapy, getting enough sleep, eating well, exercise, those basics. But we also talk through just basic, simple things they can do day to day that help them cope. And I ask directly about what are things that you do that help you feel better when you feel down or anxious and have them identify and then maybe brainstorm some ideas if they don't really know. So we have a lot of issues with mental health, and we have um, prior episodes addressing mental health issues. So please go back and check those on depression, anxiety, self-harm, and different episodes on eating disorders as well. And finally, in girls, I do ask them about issues with their periods. Sometimes girls are embarrassed to talk about it or haven't really told mom. And so I want to make sure that they're not having problems with their periods. You know, that they're having a regular period is important um, and that they're not having issues with heavy flow or cramping or vomiting or missing activities because of their period symptoms. All of that I want to know about and document. So as you can see, there's quite a bit that we cover in a annual wellness exam, and it's very important for your teen to have access to that level of care. Of course, we do these types of visits in our offices, in adolescent medicine. Many pediatricians are doing similar type visits with teens. And I just recommend that you look at this time in summer coming up as a time to get this scheduled for your teen or young adult. Summertime is uh, our busy time for wellness visits and getting everything up to date for the coming school year. And so give us a call at our McKinney office to get scheduled for this. And if you're in other areas of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we have a Dallas office in Fort Worth office that can serve you well for this type of care. I look forward to connecting with you next time. Thanks for listening today. If this episode helped you better understand the health of your teen and you're ready to learn more, 
Please subscribe to hear future episodes of this podcast. Consider sharing it with other parents of teenagers. And remember, parents can help their teens live healthy and balanced lives. Thank you.